Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safety. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. So this is one of 18 uh, shows in the Talking uh, Tesla family of shows. It's no a family. family of shows. No, it's no, a no. family of shows. Oh, wait, no. It's wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me start that again. Affair. This is one of 18 shows in the Talking it's Tesla network of shows. It's a network of shows. Mel, Mel likes to say network of shows, and he really likes to emphasize the N in network every single day on Elon Daily. So what Mel has discovered by doing Elon Daily every day yes. is, is that he already talks about all of this crap, and he doesn't want to come in and do the big show with us and talk yeah. about all of this crap again. So once again... We're going to change the way this show works. I love it. I love it. Because we got a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback. (laughs) Did we? Two people. uh, (laughs) That said, you know, when the show comes out once a month, you're talking about stuff that's occurred so long ago, it's irrelevant. Don't do that. And so the suggestion, and I thought it was a really good one, is become more like the Tesla show. Go in a little bit more detail and stuff on stuff that's got more legs than just like who Elon, you know, kissed yesterday. Oh, I I didn't understand that was the mandate. I didn't do any of that for this week. I know. Neither so did I. So here's what happened. So I suggested that, like, let's just do less and go into more depth. And so I did my part, and then Robert didn't do anything. He used an <laughs> excuse to go from 100 stories to zero stories. And Tom, uh, I don't know, I, just ignored the whole thing. That's not true. I was kidding. <laughs> I actually have, I brought two things to bear, which I think are very interesting and would be curious to get your boys. We already covered that, the bear and the Tesla and the family of bears when the Tesla saw it with uh, autopilot. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. That's, that's been uh, that's uh, been a big show. It's the bear. I, mean, I guess we're so done. So we've got the big show, the large show, the grand show. And now this show wait, wait, is wait. the mid-sized show. Is the, the middle. Is the, the big medium. show, the large show, the grand show. Is that technically three shows? Or is that one show that has three that's, definers? That's like when Rob has 100 things to talk about. I've uh-huh. got 50. You've got 75. That's a big show, a large show, a grand show. Uh-huh. This is going to be a mid-sized show. Okay. A, sort of a slim show. A, okay. a medium fit a medium is this the model three of shows this is the model three of shows so we used to do the x of shows yes and we did the x like all the time yes and then we switched to the s of shows well no i was doing the model three of shows which is a daily show a smaller show quite so the model three is the daily show and the s would be what this piece of crap is going to (laughs) be god knows how it's going to be and the four hour shows are those the x shows or are those cyber truck are those like we're like the preceptor of the semi truck shows that heavy that heavy yeah or are they even bigger than that? And they're the Falcon Heavy of shows. Or, or even the, yeah. Or the Super Space heavy. Hopper Jump in 
No. <laughs> it's a family of shows. <laughs> it's not a family of family shows. It's a family of shows. And why is it a family of shows? Why is it not a family of shows? It's a network of why shows. Why is it a network of shows? But what makes it a network of shows and not a family of shows? What is the difference I, in your mind? Um... I'll have to get back to you on that because it's a network. Of shows. <laughs> it's just a network. Of shows. I read a very interesting article on podcast networks and the future, the next ten years of podcasting in the space that we are currently in. And it's I think in the first paragraph, it I says think there will be no more. No, I, I think there's actually a really good possibility that shows like ours, which yeah. are just absolutely terrible, <laughs> are going to take over yes. the podcasting space Excellent. because they're so niche or niche, whichever way you'd like. Like to pronounce that word? Do you have a preference? Yeah, niche or niche? Uh, terrible in our case. Okay, uh, Robert Niche. I like niche. I niche? like niche too. Niche, niche is much more. You know, it's a bit of a high niche. brow. Oh, so right. there's going to be a lot more bad podcasts. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, here coming out of the network of shows from here for sure. You know, it's funny. Somebody sent in a tweet, a interview between Bill Gates mm -hmm. and um, the late night talk show guy David Letterman from 1995. So Bill Gates looks quite a bit younger, right? That's 25 years ago. Yes. And 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 the internet is really like in '95. Who knew that much about the internet? It's just probably uh, a bunch of the people who were in this room yeah. and. Listen to talking Tesla, but out there in the real world, not, not. No. It was completely not. I mean, I just learned about the internet in '94, sort of, when I went to medical school. And so he's talking to him, and Bill Gates is like, "Well, yes, you know, somebody actually put a uh, baseball game, I think it was, on the internet for people to watch." And and Letterman is laughing, and he's saying, "Well, yeah, uh, there's something like that. It's called radio." To watch? Could, no, to listen. To I'm listen. sorry. He said, there's something like that. It's called radio. Mm -hmm. But then Gates was like, well, but you could listen to it anytime. Anywhere. Shut him up. Yeah. And then he said, uh, you know, and you could like send messages back and forth. He says, yeah, we call that mail. <laughs> and it's like this back and forth. Yeah. And it was really funny to see yeah. that at the origin of the internet that now yeah. you can, you know, spy on all the people around you using your, your nest cams and your... Yeah. Car waiting, cams. Dialing up and having to dial the special code to keep somebody. If you had call waiting on your phone, right, you had to dial a special code to disable call waiting so it didn't shut off your dial up connection at 56K, which you for sure could not stream video to. It took like 75 hours for like a single photo to load that came through your oh, email. They were the dice. <laughs> and now I'm just like, why is this taking 100 milliseconds? <laughs> Uh, Shall we start the show? Oh, we haven't started. We haven't. No. Is this? We discussed. This is not the big show, the large show, the grand show. This is not a patron show. It's not a daily oh, show. Okay. This is the. Uh, this is the, the mid size. It's the show. model S of shows. It's the model S. S for <laughs> she. <laughs> Yo. No, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be really actually quite good to go in depth. And the first subject is a Mel subject. Really, the only subject. No, the first subject is a Mel subject, and he wants to talk about. Battery roadmap. So you want to talk about how to battery park? What are we? What no, are we talking not, about? I've just there's so much going on with batteries, and we're and mm -hmm. we're going to have a battery event at some point. We are not you and I, but mostly oh. Tesla and so, Elon. So the so royal I, we. I wanted to just sort of go back in the last sort of six months or so, and, and okay, and get some facts out first, and okay. then do some rampant, ridiculous speculating. Can I do that? Oh, that sounds that sounds like a normal show. 
So here it goes. Uh, in mid-November, Jerome Gilliam mm-hmm. said they're working on a new cell battery Who's design. Jerome Gilliam? He's like the head of design of batteries at, at Tesla. Oh, thank you. Just <laughs> trying to get the information to the thank people. Thank you. You yeah. ask the questions. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. The, you're the guy. I like it. And Elon also noted that the new design that achieves the same outcome that's actually lighter, mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. cheaper, will be introducing around the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That would be now. Mm-hmm. Probably reach volume production in Q1. Next year. Or something. Or something. Q1, 20 years from now. um, (laughs) That will make the car lighter, better, and cheaper and achieve the same range. So a battery. That line will be in construction in about six months. So a battery that's lighter, better, and cheaper will make a car that's lighter, better, and cheaper. Huh. Interesting. And a power wall and a mega pack. Seems redundant. Don't get ahead of yourselves. We're going to talk about that. No one cares how heavy the power pack is. They're not wearing it on their backs. Doesn't matter. Yeah, if you've tried to clean, no, but if it's lighter, that means there's less parts to it, so it's easier to produce. Cheaper no, to produce. That's not, no, that's not. That's not true. Same amount of parts are just lighter parts, Robert. <laughs> what are <you> talking about? <laughs> yeah, we've we've hollowed out all the bolts, <laughs> so they're much lighter. All right, okay, Mel, please continue. Uh, the twenty one seventy was launched two years ago, and Jerome has said that they're improving it. Elon noted that there will be upcoming battery breakthroughs. That's plural. There's an S on the end of that. But you wrote break thoughts. Yeah. That's what I wrote. <laughs> we think that we've come up with some pretty, this is Elon talking. We, we think we've come up with some pretty cool breakthroughs on energy density and the cost of the battery pack. He, he's It's going to be pretty, oh, croaky. Rukmat. Uh, no, just, I'm all over <laughs> Don't do now. it. I can't you do need it. to stop. It's pretty cool. It's pretty uh-huh. great, he said. And he's Scottish? No, that, that's pretty, it's, that's it's, that's, it's that's, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Come right. on. Ah, right. Now, remember that the 2170, I'm going to give you some stats. Okay. Ready? I'm excited. So I'm trying to set it up. So no, 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 I'm, I'm Elon is saying like uh, a lot of new stuff is coming, uh, mm-hmm. more uh, lighter and better and faster, and uh, it's going to be delicious and lovely. And if it's lighter, therefore, there must be any more uh-huh. energy uh, density. So let's go through this. Remember, the 2170 has a capacity of about 20, two, uh, 250 watt hours per kilogram. And that's way more than the 18650s, but it's a little bit more flammable, so they had to put some more cooling into the Model 3, for example. And the other innovation that uh, they've been talking about is that the first battery pack, you know, when they were first putting the battery packs in Model 3, it was taking seven hours to put one of those puppies together. Oh, it took me all day. Wow. Seven hours. So mine took seven hours. That feels like there was probably a lot of care taken. Yes. No, they just couldn't make it work. Now, just uh, when this was a few months ago they were saying they were able to do them in 17 minutes. That's that's considerably faster. Is that's, that an order of magnitude faster or yes, less than an order of magnitude? That's 10 times that's more than 10 times faster. Yeah. It's all because of Flufferbot. Uh, Flufferbot. They killed off Flufferbot, who was mucking it up and slowing it all down. Now some dude or dudette just grabs the fluffy cover and moves it on top of the battery. Period. Is this battery actually called the 2170, Robert? I feel like there's a digit missing. It's it is. 2170. It's 21 it millimeters a, by 70 millimeters. 20, 21, I guess the equivalent would be 21700, right? Because they use a 650 instead of a 65. I don't know why they did that. I don't either. Yeah, it should have been an 1865. Right, because they had to fix so many numbers in the part list. It had to keep... But, that's what threw me off. Tesla I thought because the old it. one's five digit, this one's four digit, but this correct. is the correct. I don't want to get letters from people about the numbers. Tom, we've been through that. Nobody sends letters. <laughs> <laughs> Question is, what's the next battery going to be called? Exactly. 
I think it's going to be a child. I think it's a child from the Mandalorian. Nothing. Anyway, I'm not calling the right number of digits. Oh, sorry. So, uh, well, just to answer that question as an aside, I believe it'll still be in the same form factor. I think they're going to put different goop in the 2170 because they've done that before. You just put different goop in it. The 2170 is just the size of it. You keep it the same size because then you don't have to change the rest of the battery pack stuff. You just put different goop in it. Did you really call it goop? Yeah, it is a goop. It's a goop of electrons and lithium and nickel and cobalt. Oh, and somebody's putting a little bit of Manischewitz into their <laughs> coffee. What is this? This is please it's don't. tequila. Yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's now it's Ocho Blanco coffee combined with tequila. the beautiful somebody in foam Mexico is, is rolling over I'm, in their uh, grave. You're, right you're going to put it straight in your Coke. I'm putting it in my diet oh Coke my because. God. You just mixed it with, like, coffee remnant. You can't be upset about it being in Diet Coke if you're willing to do that. So, are we following along here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New I batteries. Am. I am. batteries. So, this is the um, battery. You're talking about the battery currently in the Model, Model 3, 3. N? Not in, the si- not in the S and the X right now. Or the Y. Or is it? It's going to be in the Y. Because the Y is going to charge at 250. Okay. Now, uh, so what did Tesla do this year? They bought a little company called Maxwell. Maxwell so Smart. We, what do we know about Maxwell? So bang, we know that bang, Maxwell. Maxwell Silver Hammer came down. <laughs> upon his head. I tried to go a different so, way with it. It's so hard to <laughs> I know. do knowledgeable go. things. Go, here. go. We're sorry. Uh, this is the first and the last of no, the Midsummer shows. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. Maxwell is developing a dry battery electrode technology, which the company said has the potential to be revolutionary technology within the battery industry with a substantial market opportunity, especially suitable for electric vehicles. The company claims it can create significant performance and cost benefits compared to wet electrolyte technology currently used by most manufacturers, including but not limited to Tesla. The roadmap that uh, Maxwell had before they were bought by Tesla is that they have a roadmap to 300 watt hours per kilogram. Remember, what's the 2170 right now? Tom? 247, but what this yes. says, I just want to make sure, this says they already have the 300 yes. and a roadmap to a 500. I just wanted Thank to you. clear You're that right. up. You're right. They have a 300 watt hour, Maxwell did, and they said they had a clear roadmap to 500 watt hours per kilogram, which is twice the energy density of the 2170. Oh, it gets better. Mm-hmm. They also make ultra capacitors. But let's be very clear about ultracapacitors, not that I know anything about them, but ultracapacitors are able to store a lot of energy very quickly and discharge it very quickly, mm-hmm. but their energy density per kilogram ain't very good. Most of them are around seven watt hours per kilogram, seven compared to 250. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Maxwell said they had a roadmap. Again, they thought they could get to 60 watt hours per kilogram. So capacitors are not about storing stuff. They're about s- holding a whole bunch of charge. Let's say if you wanted to go in plaid pl- Plus mode. And getting yes. that charge quickly. Yeah, you get that charge into the capacitor and then plaid plus, push, and you melt the car. Sound effects. I like it. You like that? Just like holding your breath. You can only do it for a short time. Tesla also bought Hybar Systems. Okay, so they bought Maxwell and then they bought this other company this year, and they specialize in building batteries quickly, high-speed battery manufacturing. So Elon has also said this. He thinks that by the end of the year, which is three weeks away, two weeks away, They'll get down to this magic $100 per kilowatt hour. And that was basically the number that lots of people have said for a long time. That's the number where you start to cross over where you're as cheap to build as an ice car. So you're you're talking about as cheap to build and sell the car. So a compatible 
Honda Accord in ICE version and battery version would not cost, in far as manufacturing, would not cost any more. It would get uh, really close. I don't know if it's exactly right, but it gets really close. And then when okay. you add the savings in fuel and stuff, it's way better. And we've already right. sort of so this that. is this. That's what, I, that's what I was trying to get at. This is prior to any fuel, because I am going to talk about fuel costs in my little tidbit of this thing. Excellent. So I'm a little bit unclear about that because some people say at 100 bucks per kilowatt hour, you can basically make the Honda Civic version of the ICE and the Honda Civic version of the electric car for basically the same price. Other people said, no, it's only after you correct for the savings. But we've already got that in terms of like Model 3 and Camry. There's a couple of uh, people have looked at the five-year cost of a Camry versus a Model 3 starting out at the same price. Mm-hmm. And the Model 3 ends up being way cheaper. Well, if you think about in terms of 100 kilowatt, $100 per kilowatt hour, that would make the battery pack part of the Model 3. And I don't know if this includes the building of it or just, just the production of the cells would theoretically be about $7,500. I can't imagine it costs anywhere near that to actually make an ICE engine. Correct. So you're talking about the, that's and that's just for the batteries themselves. Mm-hmm. Then you have to put the batteries together and figure out the I cooling. Think it's Although the whole maybe pack. that's the whole pack. I think it's the Let's whole assume pack. it's the whole pack. Yes. And then you also have the addition of the two electrical motors on right. top of it. Yeah. But every other part of the thing is much simpler, right? There's no exhaust system that you have to work out, so you don't need the platinums and the heavy metals and the manufacturing of that and system. And all the tubes, the, and the differential, and the, and, the, and the cooling of like the the. The rest of the stuff is and the just steering not necessary. Wheel, you don't, oh, you don't need that. Transmissions, right? You don't need the transmissions. Don't, you don't need the transmission fluids, right? So the, the, I just, I'm trying to highlight some additional things oh, for you. I think you. that's good. Now, I've got a question here. So we're talking about this magic $100 per kilowatt hour. Uh-huh. You know how much batteries cost 10 years ago? $1,000 a kilowatt hour because it's right. It's right. Here. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> it was order, 10 times higher. Order and of magnitude. Order yeah. of magnitude in 10 years. It's gone oh, down what, that far. So what car was that? In 10 years ago. Roadster. That's the only one? That right? was it. It's 20. There were yeah, other cars, really... but if you went to go to and make your car electric, I mean, before that, as, you, as far as production vehicles, before that. The Leaf? The EV1. Wasn't, uh, wasn't there? Not the EV1 years. in the late 90s. EV1, okay. Yeah. Which, which was, was lead-acid batteries. Was lease, so that wasn't the same thing, because we're talking about lithium here. Right. Yeah, no. Roadster was like the Roadster first commercial the lithium And what car. was the, do you know the answer? How big was the Roadster power pack? I'm just trying to get a general idea. Come on, Robert, it's you like know everything. The, it's like in the 50, 70 range. Right. It's so not technically, that pack could have cost them $50,000 mm-hmm. for just the battery That pack. car cost them a fortune. That's why in the beginning, and the that, car cost like $15,000 more than, it, than they were selling it for. Upsetting. Now, uh, a last sort of bit of fact to it, and then I'd like to go on rampant speculation here. Please. The Cybertruck is getting a faster than 250 kilowatt charger, because that's what they said. And Faster that, than. That means, are they just going to be able to crank up the V3 superchargers, or is there going to be a V4 supercharger? But anyway, it just means new battery chemistry. Go on, Tom. Do you think that means that that Maxwell roadmap is being built in conjunction with the Cybertruck and it could go up to that 500 watt hour? Does that, is that kind of where we're, is it the kind of thing where it's simpler to do it in those kind of big jump increments than the little increments, right? And, and does that particularly mean that it would be double in terms of charging? Like, would it be a 500 kilowatt hour charger? Did they say? 
They did not say, but I'm going to continue my rampant speculation. No, I'm going to start the rampant speculation. So we've got all those little factors. So, uh, okay, that's the facts. Uh, roadmap, uh, slider, uh, faster, better. Then we bought a few companies, got this roadmap coming so down the road. So we got ultra capacitors from Maxwell yes. and, and better battery roadmap. And then we got faster manufacturing and hopefully not only faster, but better because they throw away a ton of or recycle a ton of Panasonic batteries every right. day on the line that right. are... Uh, not good enough. Right. So everybody's trying to get to this solid state, non-goopy form or much less goopy, less cobalt. Yeah. And so uh, here goes the rampant speculation just in terms of what this could mean for Beautiful. you at the... at the. I'm going to be a capacitor. I'm going to hold my breath for this. Here go, Mel. <gasps> so I'm seeing that soon we could be seeing a twice the energy density in a battery at about the same cost with all these new materials and production savings. And we've seen this come down by 10x. We could see that soon. So... Let's not talk about that best case scenario, twice the... Let's not. Let, let's talk about if we just got a 50% improvement in energy density into this new Tesla Maxwell battery, that means you could, in the same space, put have a Model 3 with a range of 450 miles, <sighs> 75 kilowatt hour battery that is no longer 75 kilowatts, but it's 50% more than that. That I'm, would mean that your S... Long range S would have 559 miles of range. That's a lot. And the Cybertruck uh, must have something like that because it's going to have a, a you know 500 miles range for a really really heavy truck. So it's going to have to have at least a 200 kilowatt hour battery, and that battery can't cost that much because they're selling the truck for seventy thousand dollars. So they've got all these things that are happening, which is bigger, faster, cheaper. That I think next year is going to result in the price of a Tesla coming down substantially compared to ICE cars, where now we get to that magic thing you were talking about before, where the at least the Tesla version of the car is the same price as the ICE car. Now, the other manufacturers are way behind. They're four years behind, so they can't go and build a Mercedes the same as their other Mercedes for the same price. But now Tesla is going to be able to. But so I just want to go into the Cybertruck a little bit, right? So what you're saying here is a 200 kilowatt hour battery. If the $100 by the end of the year kilowatt hour thing is true, that means the battery pack alone for the high-end Cybertruck is $20,000. It's 100 right now, but everything they're saying is we can do it better, faster, lighter, cheaper. So they have a roadmap to making that battery pack even less than that. And no no idea. Like, since we're in the rampant speculation area, mm -hmm. do you want to talk about, like, do you feel like we're talking half that or even less than half of that? I believe that they, way, a couple of years ago, they said they had a roadmap to getting to $50 per kilowatt hour okay. by 20, I can't remember what it was, 2025 or 2030. Mm. Uh, but the cost of the, you know, one of the big costs there we talked about is um, putting that battery together. Now they've gone from seven hours to 17 minutes, and now they've, maybe they've got it to five minutes. It's not just the price of the lithium, and it's not just it's how quickly you can build it, how Time. many you can send out the door. Instead of you know making a, a dollar per battery, you can make it for 50 cents per battery, but I can do 10 times as many per hour, so my total profit goes up. All of these things come together, and you can produce a much cheaper battery. So now I think... At 310 miles personally for the Model 3 and maybe around 350, probably doesn't even matter, the same for the S and the Xs. If you can do those things with a much cheaper battery and you can lower the price of those cars, I mean, you're talking about potentially being able to make the same Model 3 that you have today. And instead of paying $7,500 for the battery pack, 
$3,500 or even less for that battery pack to get the same range. That's the thing that they should be focusing on, not more range. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but that gets that car into more hands, right? Which is that gets it down into, doesn't get it down into the $20,000, $25,000 range, but maybe with scale of triple gigafactories coming online, it could potentially get us there. I don't think that they need to get it down to $25,000. They need to continue to hammer away at everybody's paradigm because your cost of ownership is what we need to think about. That's just one point. Um, So if you can get the total cost of ownership from from day one to year 10 of the car to be equivalent to an ICE car— then I think that's really important. I think people just, unfortunately, at the at this moment in time, and I don't know what it would take to get them, just don't think like that. They're in mm-hmm. the dealer. They see the cost that they're paying monthly. They're not factoring in all that other stuff. They're not factoring in any of that other stuff. In a lot of ways, they're just like, what's my monthly payment? True. It's hard, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit. It's hard even... In Germany, right, Tesla was told to take that information off of their website in terms of the gas savings into the future and stuff like that. Not necessarily as misleading, but it's hard because everybody is different, right? Everybody drives a different amount. So those savings can vary can vary widely. So, again, I, I, I personally, I think there's a point where too much range exists. And I get that that's your sort of... This is your thing, but I don't think it's a real thing in a lot of ways. But the thing that it allows you to do is, one, build a cheaper car because you've got a smaller battery, and paradoxically, more density means that as you shrink the battery, it gets lighter, and you don't lose as much range as you thought. Correct. Um, But it gives you the possibility, right, of Rob says, oh, well, I want a $30,000 Model 3 with 300 miles range. That's fine for me. And Mel says, well, I want the $40,000 Model 3 with 600 miles range. But that makes it more difficult for manufacturing in some ways. And I think at some point when when Tesla is a little bit more mature and able to do that, what they're trying to do now is is produce a lot of cars. And, we, and we've heard that they're also building a Y line at Fremont. So you have Fremont, which was was built to, to make a certain amount of cars and only maxed out at a certain amount of cars. And now they're going to do threes, Ys, Ss, Xs, the new Roadster all in one factory. But they already do a three with different ranges. They're not going to increase complexity at all. You'll just have, instead of your base, will now be 300 miles, and then the high end will be 500. True. This is my fantasy. How Robert, about this? Robert. You Come know, on. why did they create the Roadster, the second Roadster? Because it makes smack down. all supercars stupid cars, and it makes an ICE car irrelevant in the face of an EV. So if now you can make a Model 3, a Model Y, for the same equivalent price because of all this battery advancement as a equivalent Accord or, I don't know, it's like a higher-end car. So to compare it to an Accord is a little bit of a cut, but let's say a Prius, I mean, a, a, a Passat, you know, one of these A4 sedans, you can make it cheaper than that. That would be a smackdown to the ICE car world. Right, but that's the thing is like you need to make it cheaper than that because, there are, again, there are a lot of people. I'm, it, off, the, I'm off the cost of ownership uh, box. I'm on no, a new I, box. No, so. I get it. No, I get it. But I, what I'm saying, it still needs to be in that $25,000, under $30,000 range. You're going to start to see 
massive, massive amounts of adoption potentially. And that's why I'm saying like balance it. But your savings aren't aren't massive. If you're talking about the battery currently is 7,500 and you could do half that amount of battery and it's 3,200, you're only really saving $3,200. So you're not going to make it from thirty-five dollars to $60,000 down to, I mean, that's more than they're currently charging for autopilot, you know, like, or yeah, less they, than they're currently charging just for autopilot. To get that magic $20,000, $25,000 car, the battery prices come down, yes, but all the other components, therefore, in that car right. have to be cheaper. Yeah, the yeah. electric motors are not going to be as fast and all right. that stuff, and it's right. going to be a cheap, and they have talked about they would like to get to that car sometime in the future, the yeah. mass market thing. But the theoretically, the cheapest thing is to not own a car at all. And they just get the prices down in the robocabs and you don't even own a car. But you also – and again, I know we're deep diving. You said something really interesting just now. You said they hope in the future to get to the mass market car. When they announced the Model 3, that was how they sold it, right? Well, they th- sold it as the cheapest version would be 35000 And magically, if you look hard, you might be able to find that. <laughs> but 35000 was never really a mass market car. The mass market right. is probably around 25000 Although, right. I don't know, I just – Pulled that out of my buttocks, but I just like you. I know a lot of people that think thirty-five thousand correctly is a lot of money to spend on a car. Right, and it's hard because again, if you're if the car's twenty-five thousand and and you add autopilot to it, that makes it thirty-two thousand. If it's thirty-five thousand and you add autopilot to it, that makes it forty-two thousand. That puts it up there and out of reach for a lot of folks. Yeah. Well, now let me talk about uh, energy storage. For Same on the battery thing. So the. The issue right now with solar and wind and everything, of course, is not that we can't generate an F ton of it. We can. And I went on the Elon Dale and we talked about how much it would cost to do the entire U.S. electrical generation, 100 kilometers by 100 kilometers square. And uh, you could do that. Theoretically, you could go out and do that. How many rooftops? Like if we if we added that to whatever, like a, a 2,000, whatever, what's the, a roof system about? Like, Don't say make me do online math. 25 right? by 40. Right? I'm just curious, like how many 25 by 40 rooftop systems? Like even just the half that points to the sun would be right. like 800 I've, to 1,000 square feet. Well, I've I'd be heard it about said that. that if you, and I think it was the Google project, if you looked at all the rooftops in the United States and filled all the ones that were appropriate to put on solar, you could do about 60% of the generation just like that. Okay. Somewhere in that number. Don't right. quote me, but please it's somewhere con- there. Please continue. Um, and so then I was thinking about how much does it cost to uh, actually do the storage for this. And it's a little bit confusing because when you read through stuff, they say like uh, nuclear energy costs about $20 per kilowatt hour to create. Gas peak is about $5 per kilowatt hour. Um, the Aussie plant that has that 100 megawatt hour battery pack, that costs $29 million, which would be $290 per kilowatt hour. So some of this stuff doesn't add up. But that's so that you're you're talking about two different things here. One, you're talking about storage, right? Mm-hmm. The Aussie plant is the two ninety per kilowatt hour to store it. The other two is to create it. Yes. Yeah, so it's a little bit confusing. But so I'm just going to go on because I'm going to get to a number because all this is very confusing. So if like me, you read this stuff all the time and you're like, I don't actually know what this means, and you need an expert. It's not me. I'm trying to find one at UCLA. Okay. Uh, but just as an aside, Monterey. Uh, the city of San Francisco is putting in Monterey a 1.2 gigawatt hour installation with 449 megapacks that will run the city of San Francisco for six hours. So San Francisco's putting it in Monterey? Yeah, somehow yeah, they got no them deal. There's no in space San in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. It's too expensive. That's for sure. Yeah. So this is, and this is through PG&E, it's gotten to the price where they're not putting a gas peaker plant in, they're not putting a coal-fired power plant, they're putting in this 1.2 gigawatt hour installation down there. So 
If battery storage in cars is coming down, obviously it's going to come down for grids as well. And all I'm saying is that um, you keep reading these things like solar plus battery is getting cheaper than building a new gas peaker plant. And this can only accelerate. So I did this calculation. You ready? I asked myself this question. Self? Self, I said, look, Tesla just came out with the extra large solar roof array. Did you see that? Yeah. So just, this is not the glass roof. This is just the normal solar on your roof. They had a small one. I think it was like five kilowatt array. Mm-hmm. A medium, which was somewhere around, I don't know, seven. The big one was 10 or 11. Now they've come out with a super big one, which is 15 kilowatts. This is for big houses, like 4,000 square feet. It's like a network of solar arrays <laughs> is what they've got going. <laughs> a couple of things to say about this. First of all, 15 kilowatt array, $39,000. That is so cheap. Yeah. And that they're doing this because it's like, uh, you want 15 kilowatts or do you want 15 kilowatts? They're doing it modular. And that's what you get. And they've already done the thing where they can get it through the uh, associations very quickly so they can sign off. So that's super cheap without incentives. That's without incentives. With incentives, it's around $22,000. Add four Powerwalls to that, and you come out at around $60,000 without incentives. Now you've got a giant array. You've got four Powerwalls. And theoretically, if you're in uh, the right place, you can basically run your house and your car all year just on that. So I said to myself, self, how many households are there in the United States? And Google said 130 million households. Not houses, but households. If somehow we found a way to buy the biggest Tesla solar array, 15 kilowatts, plus four Powerwalls for every family and put them on lots of houses and then when you couldn't do that, you put them somewhere else, the cost would be $8 trillion. That's a ton of money. $8 trillion sounds like a lot of money because I think it is. I believe uh, we've dropped uh, $2 trillion in Afghanistan in the last 20 years just for, and in the middle of that, a $4 trillion tax cut. Thank you. So that's why I don't think... I would have paid for all of this? Eight trillion um, is what we've been spending on wars lately. I'm going to get back to that. Elon's um, 100 square kilometer thing would cost about five or six trillion. Um, So I'm now doing this on all the households and I'm doing it for eight trillion, giving you battery backup. So we're getting to just want to ballpark these numbers. And so then um, the president, the president emailed me. You know which president? Joel. Joel. Hi, Joel. Joel said, uh, Mel, did you know, because I said on Elon Daily, $5 trillion doesn't sound like that much money. How much did the U.S. spend on the, the Second World War in four years? In today's dollars? $4.5 trillion. The Such point, a bargain. We spent a lot of money on wars. We like sure war do. a lot. We do. And we spend a lot of cash. We shouldn't be too, uh, too I don't know, um, judgmental about it because all the houses here in the San Fernando Valley and all the houses in like the Bay Area, the the South Bay of Los Angeles area, were all built with defense company spending money. Yeah, and then a lot of them on the GIs that came back on the GI Bill as well. Mm-hmm. So the point of all this is that when activists come out and say, we need to do a World War II level infrastructure investment in green, in green energy, that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the amount of money we spent, the manufacturing we did in the Second World War, they turned like these giant factories from building cars to building bullets and building uh, tanks tanks and stuff planes within 6 months and it cost 4 and a half million dollars trillion dollars we this is actually doable and you know you're going to love this you know how the partly how they paid for that how? You, know, you know what the tax rate for the highest earners in the United States was during the second world 72%. war 72% oh no 
Uh, for people making over two hundred thousand dollars, which today is the equivalent of making over two point eight million, it's an I think astonishing amount of money in nineteen fifties, nineteen forties. Though it's two point eight million. So for people making over the equivalent of two point eight million, which I think we can all agree is a substantial amount of money, you're probably going to be able to get by uh, with two point eight million. For people making over that, the tax rate was ninety four percent. At the number. At the money over the 2.8 right. million. Over the 2.8, we're like, we're going to have to tax you. I'm sorry, but 94%. But that point, it was total sum was probably a, quite a bit less. Because they say, like, your tax rate now, if you're up in the highest earning bracket, is something like 39%. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. your real, like, the actual tax from $0 to up to that limit is more like somewhere in the upper 20% range. Right. We so are gotta... we're living in this age of incredibly low taxes, despite what you hear on TV. Yes. So 94%. And after the war ended, they brought it down to 91%. Just interesting. So the point of all this is you're going to see some major battery technology changes from Tesla in the next 12 months. This is going to significantly affect how far your car goes or how much it costs. And it's going to have this downstream effect on uh, the energy market when it comes to uh, grid-scale energy, and you're going to see more and more of these batteries being installed at less and less price. And if you're depressed and sad because you think there's nothing we can possibly do about you know moving to green energy fast, don't believe that crap. It's a lot of money, but we've spent a lot of money in other places like tax cuts and wars, and this is in that same ballpark. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. All right, I'm going to... It's uh, a lot of flim-flam, and a lot of this is misguided reporting. Which you're about to hear from me, maybe. <laughs> and misguided information that comes from the people who oh, no, have vested a, interests. Oh, it's that one. That, oh, that one's what you're going to hear from me. Yeah, vested interests <laughs> in continuing what we've got, right. which is pumping stuff out of the ground and burning it. So again, is the issue, the issue here is generation and storage. You're talking about theoretically 130 million households at four power walls each we're talking 500 million power walls where are they making those i'm not saying is there that, enough lithium is there enough lithium in the world well, to lithium do this is the third most i'm just it was just a question yes, right? there yes. Is. and they're moving yes. away from lithium there's lots of stuff in sodium battery right. all of this is not to say that's what you should do right. it's just like Ballpark me the cost without incentive. So if you really did it on a large scale, uh-huh. uh, you wouldn't. It wouldn't cost eight trillion dollars to put mega packs right. in and do it on the. It'd be way less than that. And if we did this, let's say we did this, this in you this this country alone. No, not you and Get I. Get your but, piggy but bank in this country alone, and we did this. What is its impact? If that's the only thing we did, right? We didn't do any of the recycling. And I'm not saying we're not going to do this. We didn't do any of the recycling. We didn't make our homes more energy efficient. We didn't do anything else. We even didn't even switch all of our cars over. You know, that path got much more slowed down. Would this alone be enough to like meet our sort of climate needs? I'm not I'm not saying this because no. I don't think we should do it. I'm just curious if you know that information oh, as well. Because what our climate needs is we need to go to zero carbon. Uh, anything less than zero carbon is not going to get it done. Too much carbon. Because we've put so much in there, there's going to be this downstream effect for decades mm-hmm. that even if we went to zero tomorrow, we're still going to see lots of bad things. So we should right. be trying to get to zero. Stop farting. Burping. Or burping. Anyway, just that was my deep dive. Burp. It's burps, not farts. That will result in yes. lots of questions. That will result in lots of smackdowns. Yeah. And that's good because we'll do it next time. Well, let me just give you a quick bit about solar. Who 
do you, I mean, I, this is a rhetorical question. Who has been putting more solar on their roofs at a faster pace than just about anybody? Germany. The Australians. Australia. Yeah. So get this. <laughs> the here's, here's a quick little bit. I thought, in, it was uh, I thought it was close. In 2001, how many solar panel installations do you think there were in the grand, in the old country? Mel? In the old country? In the old country. Back in my country, mate. Uh, in 2001. Was, 2001. There was Space like Odyssey. six. Like Bruce had one and then there was Bruce down the road. Well, and you're then there very was close. Six. There was 118. Holy hell. That's it. And in 2017... How many rooftops? So, like, you know, 16 years later, how many more rooftop solar installations? 150,000. That's pretty effing close. And what? I didn't put this in the notes. 170,710 solar installations. In 16 years, they went up by 170. And in this year, actually, this was in 2018, I'm getting these stats from. So, like, mm -hmm. a year later, how many rooftop installations in total? 100,000 more. 1.8 million. An explosion. Oh, that's a lot. And because how many households in Australia? Six. <laughs> that's what makes it weird. <laughs> Houses or households? Households. And so the bottom line is, is that, you know, this can be done. Right. And in Australia, the market forces are such that your power is very expensive. Right. Super expensive. But that's the and deal. And unreliable. But that's the deal because of the market forces, right? Because where is Australia getting the mass amount of their and how where has australia gotten the mass amount of their energy from thus far coal and that coal does not come from australia or it comes from australia australia's basically a lot of coal, coal coming out of its buttocks okay so they have their own brown coal, coal black glow i don't know why energy is so expensive in australia but it's a problem and uh, have you seen the fires in australia all of australia is apparently on fire the whole place is on fire yeah. and this week and the they koalas. are expecting the hottest temperatures ever recorded in history in Australia, as high as 51 degrees. Celsius. Because it's 51 degrees here right now. Hey, Google, what is 51 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 51 degrees Celsius is equal to 123.8 degrees Fahrenheit. That's seriously That is hot. upsetting. That's and a the, lot of air conditioning. What do you think is going to happen to the fires? Yeah, they're going to, obviously, they're just going to extinguish because you're going to say, hey, it's this too is hot. too effing hot. <laughs> I can't burn no more. Well, I think what, what happens in that particular situation is that there's less water available in the atmosphere. So there's less humidity <laughs> and there's no rain and everything just becomes tender, tender dry. Have so you the, seen some of these videos? Yeah. So I tweeted out at R-R-O-S-E-N-B-L. Check it out. There's a really cool tweet that shows a gif of the fires from satellite mm -hmm. of wafting across the Pacific Ocean and reaching to South America. That is a long way away. That's like a third of the globe away. The other question I had is, does this, this number, so we were we, at, we started this by talking about how much it would be to replace all of the U.S.'s solar. Yes. Does the 15 kilowatt arrays on every 130 million households go over that or equal that? What Do you know what that number is? No. I know that the U.S. uses approximately 500, no, I can't remember now, 500 terawatts a year. I can't remember. I'm right. sorry, Tom. So I'm looking at a picture here of all of the, like, that's the whole East Coast of Australia, which is basically the exact length of the East Coast of the U.S. The whole effing thing this is, the gif I put out is on, on Twitter. fire. Yeah. And uh, the total amount of CO2 produced already from these fires is equivalent to what half of all of Australia puts out in a year. 
And it is terrifying. And it's only going to get worse. The modeling for Australia is like the modeling for California. This, this is how it's been the last few years. This is the new normal because of temperature rises. It is terrifying. And if you don't think this fire is not going to cost a lot of money, you would be wrong. Yeah. Actually, in California, I believe that overtime paid for fire in the last year, which included the Thompson fire, which is that huge Ventura County fire, was $5 billion. I saw that in the LA Times. And I talked to two people who I know that are firemen, no divulging of names. And one told me that he made an extra, he made a total of $200,000 from all his overtime. God bless him for being there and helping and doing all that he did. I'm sorry that he's breathed a lot of smoke, but I mean, that's an enormous expense. That's why, uh, again, when people say this is too much, it's too much. The cost of not doing it is too much. Um, yes. Even forget the existential crisis of you've destroyed a planet, but just the cost of this kind of thing, it's, it's overwhelming. The other thing I wanted to say, if you want to see something truly terrifying, you know, you're a hear about, you can't outrun some of these fires. I'm like, of course I can outrun a fire. So there's a group of firefighters and it's in Australia. And this one guy yells out, and you do a Google search and do a Guardian Fire Australia. And one guy yells out something like, and I can't remember the term, it's crowning. You're like, it's having a baby? What's going on? And all the firefighters turn around and run the hell as fast as they can out of there. And the entire top of the trees explode in an instant in fire. Just yeah. the whole of the trees and uh, then they're running away. The truck blows up and then you see it spreading across like at a, probably a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. This is when the, the fire just jumps from top of tree to top of tree, the crowns of the trees. And it doesn't go up the, you know, like doesn't burn the base of the tree. No, it it's doesn't. just the, the dried out leaves just all explode in fire at once. Right. It's just a flash fire. And then in Queensland, they showed a tornado of fire. Have you seen one of those? Mm. It's a tornado and it's fire. It's terrifying. If you want to be terrified, look at the Australian fires. Just saying. That's all. Very We should do yeah. something about it. We can fix it, though. Because we just did the numbers. Tequila. We can do it. But, okay, so here's the here's another question, right? Do Are we better off doing this for countries that are about to develop and go into more and more and more coal use? Or are we better off to do it here as a as a world? Like, what is the best move for us? And I asked this question because I don't know if you guys heard, but there's a climate conference going on in Madrid right now with 200 mm. nations that is not going well. No. In fact, the large nations, United States, China, uh, among others, have completely uh, quaffed the, the project. They've uh, they folded. Right. This was supposed to be sort of in addition or replacing the Paris Climate Accords or, or solidifying some of that stuff. And it's just like not going well. Hmm. What's plan B? Mars. Oh, there's another planet. We're going to go and stay on another planet. Only a few of us who can barely even like, who'll no, never no, eat no, salad That's not again. actually plan B because again, we have 8 billion people or whatever on this planet. There'll just be less billions of people here. Much less. The plan is to continue to do what you can. Don't move into the era where you just give up. You've got to be an activist. You've got to vote. You've got to do what you can personally. You've got to do what you can with your corporations. You've got to vote. You've got to vote. You've got to vote. Yeah. yeah. Voting is one of the vote. most, imp maybe the most important thing. It's probably the most powerful thing you can do. I mean, this is like Have people in power so that believe much, that we have a problem. Yeah. So much more important than so many things that we worry about and talk about. And are concerned about. So uh, this is how we're going to do the show? 
It's going to be like this? No, let's talk about the Mustang. It's kind of a Talk about the Mustang. kind of a bummer. I'm trying to build you up. Like, we can do this. <laughs> the Mustang? We can pay for it. Are you talking about- We can do it. We just f- have to get the right governments in place to like, okay, we're going to solve this problem. We are going to go World War II on this thing. I'm telling you, be excited because we can do it. We just got to get the people in there to do it. There's my answer. Go. Talk about the Mustang. We're going to talk about the Mustang on the freeway that the <laughs> Tesla is recognizing. Did you see that? No. There was a tweet uh-huh. where a guy was driving, and I think this is in another country, and all of a sudden there's a horse galloping on the freeway in front of him, and he's like, look, and he's taking a video. I was like, wow, this dude has got his together. And he's taking a video, and on the Tesla screen, on the binnacle display, mm-hmm. there's the Mustang. The horse. I mean, the horse. It's a <laughs> horse. And he's best. like driving past the horse. The horse is going to his left. And he's taking a video this whole time. And I thought, seriously, amazing. Okay. So I have been in a car in South Dakota in a herd of bison. Yeah. I would love to know if that same situation <laughs> happens in a Model 3, if I'm just going to be surrounded by bison. Sorry, man. That's the that's okay. that's Robert's phone. I'm pulling the video of the horse. Uh-huh. On. This is from Ray for Tesla. Hey, Ray. That's his uh, Twitter handle. There's and a horse on the road. Yes, yes. I'm glad I can contribute something. Why to is there a show. horse on the road? This poor horse is lost. You know this. This reminds me a few years ago when my son was learning to drive and he was reading through. The uh, the driver's ed book, like California, we have a little, I guess it's still a book. Maybe it's now it's online. But anyway, it was like the instructions and it had all of the different signs, you know, the yellow signs, the green signs, the white signs. You had to know all these signs, take a test. And he's like, this is the stupidest thing. And I was like, I'm paraphrasing. Sorry, Julian. He's like, this is the stupidest thing. I was like, what's that? He goes, look, look at this. Who has ever seen a sign with a horse crossing? And I was like. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it actually exists. <laughs> and on my way to work that day to all of you, which is in Silmar, mm-hmm. there are signs. And I took a picture of a dude on a horse with the sign of the horse crossing that same day. And I sent it to him. I thought, yep, the universe is speaking to us. Horses will cross. Horses will cross. I'm yeah. sure that if a giraffe went across, it would just render the horse or if it was an elephant, it, could, it would yeah. render the horse. I wonder who Until works on that. that. Who's going to do the puppy render? I've, I've, it's going to have like a halo around it with red flashing lights. I don't care about any of that. I want to see a herd of bison. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it render a, an adult and a child. Yes. I love that when I, I'm going to crash because I keep looking like, is it going to, what's it going to render in this situation? Have you seen it render like a cone? A cone. People have seen cones. I, no, yes. I've seen videos. I haven't seen it render a cone. Not on my, my car. I got the new update, by the way. Uh, 40.2, mm-hmm. not 40.2.1. And when it, you know what it said on the release notes? Mm, nothing. Nothing. It was <laughs> blank. It was blank because I got none of that stuff. Oh. And I'm kind of upset because I looked back at my my uh, bill of lading, so to speak, mm-hmm. the what I paid for the car and how much I paid for the car. Mm-hmm. And I was really disappointed to see that I paid a lot of money to get a totally self-driving car, and I've got a lame-ass computer in there mm. that doesn't do jack. I can't do. I can't do. Mel's done that twice. Security. Thank you. <laughs> I know, but I'm not twice. Mel. Twice. I'm just Robert. How's that going? Did you get your Model Three yet, Mel? No. 
This is why you, we were just talking before the show, before uh-huh. the medium-sized show that this is. There's another show that goes on. It goes on out in the other the room. The show before the, the show. The show before the show that sometimes the That's patrons get a little uh, something something for, which they did this month as well. And I'm mm. sorry that Tom swore. But before the show, you were saying that somebody just ordered their Model 3 and they were told that they were going to get it by a year end? Yeah. Couple weeks. Not going to happen. I just can't see it. I've been waiting six weeks for mine. And I have, it's crickets. They're going to call you, you December 31st at eight in the morning and they're going to say, Mel, quick, we got to deliver it. We got to deliver it before the day is up. The question is, uh, they're, are they going to, they're going to do everything in their power to deliver as many cars in their power. Of course. Before December 31st. Yes. So hopefully you become one of those. The call hasn't come out to the Tesla owners clubs yet, right? To help with the deliveries no, again. I seen they have made a, there was a post I read or an article I read where they consolidated sales and delivery teams, mm-hmm. which a lot of the people internal to Tesla did not think was such a great idea because it's two very different skill sets to deliver a car and to sell a car. Yes. And so they were trying to like have a salesperson go cradle to the grave. And, and the only thing that took me from that was, who the hell uses a Tesla salesperson? They sell themselves. Have you ever, like, are well, that's you in contact the with a salesperson? I, no, one, last year, or no, yeah, earlier in the year when my, the X was up, the lease was up, a salesperson called me and said, what's it going to take to get you back into an X today? Right. So we did okay. that whole thing. All right. And what it took was, I forgave five months of my lease. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, we'll do that. And they did it again. And, and, it, and it worked. So I got an automated message here on Thursday that said, Tesla delivery update. In order to ensure that the best chance of taking delivery before 1231... We have updated your delivery location to Marina Del Rey Delivery Center in Marina Del Rey. Please reach out to your Tesla advisor, I don't have one, if you have any questions or concerns. I can hook you up with somebody. He can advise you. So what I do is I call the Tesla Delivery Center in Marina Del Rey, and here's what happens. Ring, ring. There's a phone ring, number. Ring, ring, ring. And it picks up. Let's call. Um, Press full. one. Press one for yeah for deliveries and and it's like oh the the uh, the mailbox is, mail is full so and where, then it hangs up on you. But your last Model Three, you did not take delivery of at the Tesla Marina Del Rey, right? You took delivery locally. No, I took the Model Three at the Marina Del Rey. But the beautiful Marina Del Rey. There, so no. What about the, the newest X, X at Burbank? You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, wait, aren't you Mel from Talking Tesla? We don't need to do any with you. The car is sitting at a, un- it's in a dis- this place Build over here. Yourself. Go get it. <laughs> the keys are in it. The keys are in it. Here. Please Here's get the out code. Of it. You can unlock it. Please get, get out, out of our of lives. I think you should make, I should think you should go through the whole thing and ask every stupid ass <laughs> question you can. Does this one, did you pay for full self-driving Yeah, on but this you one? know what might end up happening is if they... <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Okay. I ask a very yeah. important question. <laughs> did you pay for full self-driving on this one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you under There's the a little imp- tequila left. And now, is this one going to get built with the new computer? Yes. Okay. Now, you almost have to now. I don't I'd, know. You well, almost. I'd... You almost have to because... The way that the features of self-driving and all the other things are set up for that $7,000, you you don't get almost any of it. Like, I did not pay for full self-driving, but 90% of the features that are currently available in full self-driving, again, because I bought my car two years ago, exist on my car. I get all of those things. The one thing that I don't get is that final level four or five sort of stuff. That doesn't exist, even <laughs> though Mel's paid for it three times now. 
I alone, <laughs> I alone am funding the AI group at uh, Tesla. I alone. How am much? For them. How you could have put solar on somebody's house for all you've paid for full self-driving. I paid paid on the lease, and then on the Model Three, mm-hmm. I paid three grand. Yeah. And on this one, I can't remember what the number was. Mm-hmm. But the model, seven. There was seven. Damn. <laughs> can't be. Yeah, it no, wasn't it's, that expensive. It was 5000 when I got my car for enhanced autopilot, which is now I finally have all of those features, right? Mm-hmm. It'll drive me from entry to exit, mm-hmm. transition lanes, transition freeways. It does it pretty well. Yeah. And that was five grand. And I paid for full self-driving three grand, mm-hmm. which makes it go from four to eight cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I do not have full self-driving functionality and I, there's no way I can have it unless I have a new computer. Because they have to put the computer in yeah. and they haven't called you about the new computer. Nope. They haven't they called me about mine either. I've heard two different stories. Uh, what stories given to me? Mel's got your computer. Only, only, <laughs> only, what? You only a select it. few, the people who are in their sort of beta test program are mm-hmm. getting them, or they're starting on the East Coast and moving West. I'm like, bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> That's absolute crap. Tom, uh, the, on the before show, you got your big show, your large show, your grand show, you got your daily show, you got your mid sized show, you got your before show. On uh-huh. the before show, Tom, on the before show, yeah. Tom, on the before sh- this has been so long, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> and that's true. I forgot what the question was. I had a great question for was you. Was it about self? Oh. Oh, it? yes. Now, on the this is the middle show. We've got a big show. Got Don't do it again. Show. You're going to forget We've again. It's a network of shows. <laughs> you were saying that you think that uh, the autonomy has gotten worse again. Yes. Yeah, so and I was saying that I think I agree. I got the new update, 2019 40.2.1, and I will go over the release notes in a new section of this show, Called the show within it, a show within a show that I like to call Fun with Release Notes. <laughs> <laughs> because whoever wrote these particular sets of release notes did a really nice job, in my opinion. I voxered you one part of this at one point during the week. I can't wait for you to read this. <laughs> But a little worse. Yeah. So basically, when I am in uh, autopilot on the freeway or, or anything that's sort of windy, it is now all over the lane. It was rock steady before this update. Down the middle every time. And now even a slight turn on the freeway and it dives a little bit closer to the left line. And then when it straightens out, it has to like readjust and dive a little bit big back to the right line. I will tell you that the lane changing is much better, but the staying in your lane is much worse at the moment. And this kind of happens every time. You've mentioned this every time they do an update. It sort of takes it back to teenager mode a little bit. Yeah, it feels, I agree. For me, um, feels like it's not as rock steady. And the thing that I've noticed that it was great at before this update was when you're going by a truck, it would move over on the lane and the US here on the left side to stay away from the truck. It doesn't do that anymore. It stays right in the middle. And I, I still like feel that. like I'm getting that, but I'll look at like, just check it. I don't know if it just it. feels more like because the car's just not staying straight in the middle of the lane. Now, the other what thing- are you doing? Robert has like decided to just, <laughs> just give listen it up. to music in the middle of the show. Just, just give it up. Great song. I'm, should I leave? <laughs> what song is what this? Is Rock Steady by Bad Company. Oh, that's I'm trying to do trying to do Robert's association between the show and what he pulls up is almost impossible. So the question, uh, the other thing that I noticed is. Um, 
Yeah, it just feels less solid overall. But you know that it's got this new thing where if you're whipping down fast row of traffic and there's slow traffic next to you, that's a dangerous situation if somebody pulls out. So they've got this new update where it'll slow down in that circumstance. It happens here a lot because we have these things called carpool lanes where you've got to be super special. You've got to have an electric car or 300 people in the car and you can go fast and the traffic's really slow. And whipping at full speed down that lane is dangerous because people jump into the carpool lane. But I've found that just on the freeway, if I'm going you know, just significantly faster than a couple of the cars next to me, it seems to get a little confused and slow right down and then speed up and then slow down. Again, acting like a drunken teenager. I'm just saying I agree with Tom, which is a rare thing. <laughs> it's rare. <laughs> uh, you've made me, you made me completely lose my space in where we are in the show right now. Well, now, now you're going to talk about, you want to talk about, uh, you want to so, uh, so let's talk about EVs in general, right? So, so EVs, no, we're going to talk about just the knowledge of that people have at this point. So EVs, again, have been around, we've decided, for almost 20 years now in some form of the other. And I would say from Tesla's standpoint, sure, it's only been five years and maybe we live in our bubble. But oh, why, why don't people understand, still understand EVs? And an example of this. So I was on Reddit. And I found this. Did you read it? I read it. And then I listened to it. (laughs) It's going to listen it. Listen it. Listen it. That's funny, Mel. Like a (laughs) spacesuit. Which only me and Mel get. Should I tell the world? No, please. Why not? Okay. When my uh, little brother was very young, um, my older brother would have this joke, oh, that's as funny as a fart in a spacesuit. But my little brother didn't know the fart party. Somehow lost that. So he would Mm. say, that's as funny as a spacesuit. (laughs) <laughs> so that became Tom and I's joke. They, hey, they, that's they, as funny as a spacesuit. They, wow. they breathe. They had uh, like wood burning stoves in the house. Yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of carbon. A lot monoxide. of stuff going on. Dropped on, on my there. head many times. My brother and I. A lot of lot of hand injuries going yeah. on. Yeah. Just saying. Mel is actually the brother he's talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when I say brother, I mean me. Go on. All right. So this is a little bit concerning. We've had many. EV conversations over the last four and a half years on this show. So again, we know this. I talked to a lot of people about EVs and they seem to be relatively knowledgeable, but Ford dealers seem to have a bit of a deficiency, let's call it, in this realm. A dealer. This is somebody who for a living yeah. sells cars. Ford has sold electric vehicles. This is somebody for a living that sells cars right. of their own brand. So if you call a dealership, Got it. you're going to get somebody. I'm going to get somebody with expert knowledge, Tom. You're going to call somebody really knows that what either know. is going to answer the phone and be able to direct you to the proper department, typically a salesperson, who has a vast wealth of knowledge about vehicles. Yes. Just vehicles in general. Like, like yeah, if you called vehicles. a Ford dealer and you asked them about a sedan, they should be pretty knowledgeable about that. And you ask them about an F-150 Raptor or an F-350, they should be pretty knowledgeable about that. Would you not agree? I would agree. Okay. So some young man, and he made a YouTube video about this, took it upon himself to call a variety of Ford dealers, 15 different Ford dealers, asking about specifically at the beginning about the Mach-E. So he would call and he'd be like, hello, do you have any additional information about the Mach-E? 
And and gentlemen, Crickets. do you have any idea the sort of level of knowledge and l- information that the Ford dealer? Well, it's a Ford dealer, and Ford did this big reveal event that they live streamed and they told with the world dancers. about dancers with everything. So they mm-hmm. must know a lot about a the market. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. They had a mock E on the turntable at the Los Angeles Auto yeah, Show, which I is talk- one of the largest auto shows. I talked to Phil, the guy who's in charge of the Mach-E. Yeah, the whole rollout and everything Uh who wouldn't let me take a look inside the car. I feel like Phil probably needs to write a memo. Yeah. So to the rest of the dealers. It says, wake the f*** up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can't say that. He did. Uh, Okay. He can't? He did. Are you sure? No. It seems like he did. He did it. Okay. So this is a very, very funny video asking about the Mach-E. No one knows. One gentleman... There, one gentleman they started to talk to deeper and deeper about charging uh, brought gave him the information that you can't charge your electric vehicle at your house. Well, of course you can't. No, <laughs> because you have to have a supercharger. But wait, Ford doesn't even have a supercharger. You <laughs> uh, can't charge at all. It's a one-time use. No. Yeah. yeah. And other information were such things as you just put gas in it and don't worry about the plugging in of the cars that have some gas uh, and battery range on them as well. Did you see Unbelievable. that picture on Twitter? Some uh, dude with a big truck. I think it was an F-150 Ford uh-huh. was parked at a supercharger mm-hmm. and jammed the J-177, not a supercharger, sorry, a, a standard J-1772 charger uh-huh. and jammed the plug into the gas tank opening. Why? Because he wanted to park there. So he made it look like he was charging. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. EV, EV charging only. Yeah. While you can only park here while charging. That That's guy funny. was what we refer to in the business yeah. as a D-bag. <laughs> 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 That's not cool. But anyways, no. what I wanted to get here, this is not to be negative. Anyways, look up this YouTube. We'll put it in the show notes. It's very, very funny on one level. What's his name? And very sad on the other level. Uh, YouTube. I don't know what his name is, but we, <laughs> just, have, a just li- we, have, a, we have a link to it. There's a couple we'll of videos on We'll put there. a link out of it. We can tweet out the link. How about that? We'll do Oy. that at the end of this day. We will tweet it out. So if you are listening to this after the fact, you will go to our Twitter feed and you will see yes. at and, hear, Tesla. and hear this video. And, and basically... What what I think doesn't exist, and I'm trying to be solution-oriented about this, what doesn't exist out there is an educational company or some organization right. yeah. that's doing more mm-hmm. to educate even car dealers, right? Because when I bought my first Chevy Volt, I went there, and they had no idea anything about it. The guy who – it was used, granted, whatever, but it's still being sold on their lot, and it was still at a Chevy dealer – they didn't know anything about it. I was informing them of stuff like that, and they were very grateful to have yes. that knowledge and that information. So what I would say is maybe instead of National Drive Electric Week Month okay. events where we – and I think it's important to get people in EVs, but I think it's important for some kind of systematic approach to educating the people that are selling cars that are going to be on the front lines when all of these electric cars come through to be prepared to sell them. Doesn't this just show you that Ford doesn't really care? I don't think it does. I think they just don't understand that it's a different level. Like everybody knows because they've had cars in their lives for a hundred years now, buy a car, you see a gas station, they're everywhere. You don't have to worry about it. So now people just 
don't understand, even you, to a certain extent, don't understand anything because you have this weird range thing, this like 1% usage anxiety Mm -hmm. that you talk about constantly that really shouldn't have an impact on whether or not people buy or don't buy a car. I get it. Most people can afford, if you can afford one car, it's hard to imagine that one car being an electric car unless you sit down with somebody who's extremely knowledgeable and can walk you through your usage and the cost, like we said earlier, of of use over the year. So even if you bought a leaf, for instance, that got 120 miles and it was and you couldn't charge at home, but you had some charging capabilities at work and you were able to make that work for your commuter thing. But you're like, oh, but I can't go see grandma on the holidays. You would be better off. The planet would be better off if you rented a car for that time, mm-hmm. an ice car for that time and used it. But you have to have somebody sit down with you and explain that. And maybe that's what we need to do on a YouTube channel is really take a specific use case, a specific car, and run people through how to do it. Grandpa said the same thing. Um, Specifically about the – he's getting his leases up. He's got a bolt. What did he decide on? He's got a – well, he hasn't decided yet, but he's like, I don't – the bolt has 240 miles. Why? You should get a watch. (laughs) Uh, It's too expensive. But he's like, you know, I love the bolt. It's Mm -hmm. been a great car. Really enjoyed it. But, you know, I'm 86 years old. And I just don't drive that far. I don't need 240 miles range. It's crazy. So I could get one with 100 miles range and that would be fine. I'm like, I'm freaking out. The wife is freaking out. We're like, yeah. well, what about when you have to drive um, to go and see your old friends that are in Orange County? It's like, well, that happens about once every two years. I could probably just uh, right. lease a car for the day. So you're doing a disservice <laughs> to the community with that sort of thinking. Yeah. Right? He was like, no, Mel, I don't need it. 99% of the time, I just need 100-mile range is plenty. But the real answer is he should keep the bolt so no, so they don't have to build another one. Now, I get you're going ar- to make the argument that's going to get sold and someone else yeah. is going to put in it, but they're going to make another one that could theoretically be go have gone to someone else right because we all know there are limited amounts of them right if he's going to go out and buy a leaf or he's going to go out and buy something else he's going to get one of three or four hundred and it's just that's not that's not the answer to the planet's issues that we're talking about so so i'm saying to the to the community that's now listening to this show i'm a little bit on my soapbox right now can we address this in issue in a systematic way that makes sense I would say, Tom, everything you're saying is true, and here's my teaching point going full scholar right now. Okay, Ready? good. Teaching point number I'm one. Excited. You, the people who are listening to the show, know way more about electric cars than almost anybody, especially uh, people who are in the ICE industry. Your job, in case you didn't know it, and I think you all do, is to educate everybody around you, and then they will educate people. But even people who are pretty sophisticated, who are thinking about electric cars, are often quite ignorant of some of the basics. Yeah. And your job... All the tens of thousands of you is to educate everybody, including, but not limited to, mm-hmm. people who work at Ford. Yeah. And, and I had to do this when we got the Bolt, same thing. We went there and I was talking mm-hmm. to the guy and he's trying to sell us another car. I'm like, no, I'm an electric car. And he's doing the same thing. Well, how are you going to charge it? I'm like, uh, at a plug, anywhere. And, you know, same kind of thing. That was three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Let me just back you up. So the Sierra Club in 2016 sent volunteers to over 300 dealerships around the country to try and figure out where were they in this green uh, EV revolution. And the Sierra Club. More than one in five Ford and Chevy dealers failed to even charge their EVs so they could give them a test drive. 
That's outstanding. That's pretty sick. So they have cars it? on the. So Sorry, you're saying man. they have cars all, on the lot. All cars on the lot have no gas that in they're them. Not we can't sure. really show them to you. It's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, only half of the sales people uh, could explain how to fuel a plug-in vehicle. Uh, yeah, there's a plug, and there's a plug. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. And it takes time because I think every one of these is kind of an individual use basis. Yeah. So, again, I think we can potentially come up with an easy form or an algorithm of some sort, or maybe there's already one out there that we can reuse that just helps people make this decision, makes it easier. Well, I've got a solution for this. But Please. a third so it goes. a third of the salespeople knew anything about the tax credits that were available to buyers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this electric car is uh, $15,000 more than the others. But, um, yeah, sorry. Are you sure you want it? Are you sure you want it? Uh, yeah. And then uh, they didn't They didn't want to talk. They said they didn't want to talk about tax ex- incentives because they're not tax experts. You know, they say, yeah. uh, you know, you better talk to your own investment advisor. Which is fine. Like, I don't care about that part of it. That part can get worked out. You can talk to your tax person, your CPA. Honestly, all you have to do is put the information in your TurboTax or your Quicken, and it will figure that tax stuff out for you potentially. Maybe not as well. Maybe not before you buy it. And it should be an important factor. So the Tesla clubs... I love the Tesla clubs. Mm -hmm. They're great people all over the world. There's a Tesla owners club, I can bet, in your area. So just go to tesla.com forward slash support forward slash owners club. Join your owners club Mm -hmm. and then participate or help start some coffees, right? We we do car and coffee all the time. Comedians and cars doing electric... That's different. Yeah. But there's cars and coffee where people just meet up. Go meet up at your local dealer and mm-hmm. talk about electric cars. Invite the salespeople from the local dealerships. May there they might be selling a Volkswagen, they might be selling a Ford, they might be selling a Bolt, a Chevy, whatever. Invite the, the them so they could talk electric cars. Then you know it's all about just moving the needle and getting more electric cars out there. Yeah. Uh, the elephant in the room is that none of them can charge for any kind of long distance, which will probably convince those salespeople to join Tesla. Right, but I, I guess you know the long distance thing is is a big thing that we talk about a lot, and I just think we have to start to be more solution oriented about that because again, I don't know. I ran into that. I have a Tesla Model 3, and I kind of ran into that yesterday when I drove it to the mountains. I had charged it to 306 miles, and by the time I left uh, my house, I was at around 362, I'm sorry, 260 miles for about a 115-mile trip up to Big Bear. Yeah, right? which is a mountain that's about 6,000-some-odd feet. Right, and it was cold up there, like 48 degrees, 38 somewhere between 38 and 40 degrees. And I went up there with my son and we parked all day in the parking lot. And by the time I got up there, I was down to about 75 miles of range. So it went well beyond, it took up almost 190 miles of range to go 120, 130 miles. Um, so again, that's that's something to think about. And then on my way down, I was about 48 miles from the closest supercharger, which mm-hmm. was a metro charger in this particular case, which is the Fontana one. And and I was going to arrive there with about 16 miles of range, Oof. which is 
pretty, you know, that's that's cutting, at the border. Cutting it close. Right. That's that's cutting it very close. And if anything would have happened where I would have had to find a detour, which is easy in a mountain drive, right, to, to have a detour around something and, and who knows, get miles, stuck. Yeah. Or if I would have had to run the heater or, or something else for an extended amount of time, I could have been cutting it close. Now, what I did learn, not learn, but what happened was I was going downhill, so I was getting a lot of regen. And actually, by the time I reached the... The charger, I had I still had about sixty eight miles of range. I had actually kind of gained range as I was going down. As we went downhill, the the battery warmed and I was regening and I actually was gaining miles as I was driving down the hill. So that was pretty awesome. And then I charged and I went home. But that's a piece of information that I had range anxiety with a car with a lot of range. But that's why I say, although you poo pooed um Having significantly more range than you need takes away that. That's yeah. why if I was driving to the mountains and stuff a lot, uh, I would like to have a car that gets way more range than I need because I'm driving up the hill and I know I'm using all that potential energy as going away. Yeah. I'll get it back on the way down, but what if I mm-hmm. have to be detoured? I don't want to drive up there with a car that's got just enough. I want to drive up there with a car that's got way more than I need. And I, and I agree to an in a large part, because a good portion of the planet, right, it lives in very cold areas. So 310-mile long-range Model 3, and I'm sure there's information about this out there. My guess is, for most people, gets about two-thirds of that. The Norwegians right? in, could tell in, us. In the cold area, right? Where, and in the, the far reaches of the, the, the Canadas, mm-hmm. probably have those issues. So I would say, in that sense, I agree with you. But you don't live in those cold areas, so that's why I'm always poo-pooing you. Yeah, poo-pooey. But we're going to get that. batteries that are half the price and twice as uh, energy dense, so it's all going to be fine. Right. But that. But the problem is we're only getting those in Tesla. Right. Well, the problem is yes, and you again. There was a we've got the big show, the large show, the grand show, right? Mm-hmm. You got your mid-size show, which is this one. You got your daily show, why? And then you got your pre-show. Uh huh. Okay, you got your pre-show. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot we're of. We're sounding fam- a lot that's like a NFL network ESPN, of shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the pre-show. Because I asked you, you know, don't do the show out there, but you did it anyway. I did. You were talking about how uh, Mercedes is delaying their EV because nobody's buying the Audis. Nobody's buying yeah. anything but Teslas. And the reason only yeah. people are buying anything but Tesla is because they're so far ahead on battery technology. So is that I, why, though? That's the question. Is it, Apples is to it, apples. Why would you buy anything else that has a cost more money? Less range, less speed of charge, and there isn't the network of charging around the country. Okay. You'd be insane. But is there, okay, are all of those things being equal, right? There are, the plugs are coming. The problem is, is they're not constantly being talked about. They're not being supported by the car companies. Again, this is another educational issue in a lot of ways because there are chargers in a lot of public areas now that's coming more and more malls at least in in this area i don't know how the world the rest of the planet is working my Mm -hmm. guess is if you went you know to the middle of the country you're probably tesla charger or almost nothing in a lot of places now that network that charge america network is coming but it is not here yet but i think it would behoove them to start marketing it a little better than they currently are because, again, it's all about the knowledge and the education about what people believe. And the article that Mel is referring to is from a website called Motor One. And basically what's happening is because Audi and Jaguar are failing to enthrall EV buyers, and they're saying it's due to Tesla's dominance of in the value proposition, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yes. the charging is a thing. 
It's, it, it's but, a thing. It ha- it has to be. It's the big difference in a lot of ways. There's the costs. Moat. It's the moat that Tesla has around. They're yeah. in the chicken and the egg thing. Nobody's buying these because they're not very good. They're very expensive. Yeah. And you can't charge them. Uh-huh. So we won't make them and we won't put money into infrastructure. Oh, look, Tesla's selling more cars. Right. We're not going to make these. Oh, look, Tesla's... Like, you, at some point, you have to compete or give up. And they're basically sounds like they're giving yeah. up. Well, my guess is also that if you call the Mercedes dealer, because this is not the first EV that Mercedes, when when Toyota stopped making the RAV4, they made a deal with Tesla at Mercedes, at Daimler, to build an EV. Basically, the exact same platform. They put a different body on top of it. That was a Mercedes body. And they were selling that car again. It's a phenomenal car. It wasn't very expensive even at Mercedes. But my guess is this was three, four years ago, if you call the Mercedes dealership to ask about it, you probably get a lot of bad information. Yeah, unfortunately true. And that car wasn't able to charge fast at all, but it was a great commuter car. If you had a charger at home or a charger at work and your mileage worked back and forth, then like that car was great. And that's, again, that's about education. So it's about this this education thing. But anyway, so Mercedes is delaying that until at least... 2022, and that is the first of the 10 full Mercedes EVs. So they're now del- pushing that delay back. So now 2020 has become 2022 for Mercedes. Wow. So this both should be exciting on the one hand because they're just leaving the door open for Tesla to sell more cars. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's depressing because we need all the car manufacturers to be doing this. Right. But they cannot get their head around that they're going to have to put some money in there into charging infrastructure and a better cars. But this is why people have said... Tesla is at least four years ahead with Gigafactory, with battery technology, and the legacy car manufacturers have found that you can't just have a 150, 200-mile range car that's very expensive when Tesla will go twice as far and has a charging infrastructure. You cannot compete with them. So in comparison, the EQC was scheduled, is scheduled to have an 80-kilowatt-hour battery with 280 miles of range, and the Model X has 100D, obviously has a 100-kilowatt-hour battery, with 325 miles of range. Obviously, I don't know, much bigger, heavier car likely than the Mercedes. So, you know, it, it's it's problematic. And I don't know. Again, it's like it's why aren't people aren't buying these cars? And I don't think it's because of charging. I don't I honestly don't believe it's because of the charging network. I don't believe it's any of that stuff. Because again, you should just put a charger in at home and any of those cars with two hundred plus miles is gonna satisfy what you need on a daily basis. Your home, you know that. Your home, five, six, eight hours, ten hours a day, you can charge your car. They're not buying those cars because they're not compared to the other Mercedes. What's the advantage? You're going to make me charge in uh, 200 mile range. It's not. They're not competitive with the competitive with the same ice cream. I think it's because they're more money for less like if you exactly. go in to buy a Mercedes like paying more for less. you want an electrical amazing thing and 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 what they do is they try to shave weight and they try to do all these other things and people just aren't able to just understand again I think it's it's education and it's also dealers not selling right salesmen have sold people that doesn't work for hundreds of years. <laughs> yes, right? forever. That's what salespeople do. Yes, right. That like that's a that's actually a perfect analogy to this. You used to be able to drive your your freaking wagon into a town and basically sell nothing. Snake oil, right? And and everybody, I'll cure in, you. Everybody in town your blood. would buy. You know why? Because that salesman believed in the product he was selling. Placebo is selling placebo. Yeah. 
It's so, so true. Tom, I'm saying they're not buying them because they're offering less than their other ICE cars. And if you're the person who doesn't just buy a Mercedes because it's Mercedes, so you actually, like, I want to buy an electric car and a good car, I'll look at the Mercedes, I'll look at the Tesla, and then you you cannot come out of that and go, oh, the Mercedes is better. Right, but if you go you in can't. to buy a Mercedes, here's here's what happens more than anything. If you go in to buy a Mercedes, they're not trying to sell you a Mercedes. If you're even a little bit on the fence about an electric car, and you go into Mercedes, do you think they're not going to try to sell you an ICE Mercedes? Of course they are. Of course they are. They don't, you, you, Robert, and myself have all been to car dealers that have tried to get us from buying an EV to buying an ICE car. Yes. Yeah. Every single one of us, right? When I bought and my so, leaf. <laughs> so what I am saying is if me, you, and Robert were salesmen at a Mercedes dealer, and like we are right, not we are, but like with the knowledge that we have right now, yes. and somebody came in and saying, hey, I'm curious about your Mercedes EV, do you do not think that our passion for this would put them in an EV that day? Yes. Now, what's the point? My point is this, it's salesmen, it's what I talked about before. But if you get the salesmen on board and you get people passionate about it, you can sell something even if it costs a little bit more. I'm sorry to be wet sand. Please. But if you're the salesman who's impassioned about EVs and everybody in the sales floor goes, oh, yeah, Tom's here. You're interested? Go see Tom. In that eight-hour day, I, the ICE car salesman, mm -hmm. will probably outsell you two or three to one because it takes you longer to sell that EV. Yeah. Unfortunately. And the, EV, right. and the manufacturers are probably going to lose money on their cars because they don't build Batteries as cheap as Tesla. So there's just all these negative incentives for and them. And the dealership Nobody won't cares. be servicing them. We're not going to get you back. Uh, when does this uh, electric car need to be serviced? I don't know. Never. Three okay. years. So let's flip <laughs> it. The only reason any of these car companies are doing any of this is because they want to sell cars in California. True. Right? Or whatever is that where has, Is that where we are? It has a carb-like requirement for selling cars. Okay. So and then we need a federal mandate. Well, I think if Tesla just continues to do what they're doing, and this is why Tesla exists, okay. if they continue to expand, Model Y comes out and they're selling trillions of them. Everybody, you know, there was just a recent survey that said 75% of Americans support um, new solar installations or solar installations on every new house. 75%. Mm -hmm. It goes across party lines. I think people are getting it, but the legacy car manufacturers and lots of people are still behind. Now, we can just keep riding this train for a while. Just Tesla, just sell every car in America, then that's fine with me. Whatever. Just sell everyone. Because okay, so I've given up on these manufacturers. That's, that's 300 million cars, bro. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, hey, Gigafactory 17. Can we talk about supercharger update? Oh, please. You because know with all of these Teslas, we're going to need a lot of superchargers. So <laughs> tell me there's a lot of superchargers. All I can say is I'm sitting here getting hungry, listening to you guys. I want some other solutions. So I'm thinking about the good Frank. It's a non-soy Hot dog. It's good. It's good. Why? I think maybe I like the mustard more than anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mustard and relish and raw onion. So on you can a, just a... then take the dog out and forget it. Just, I like uh, the field roast. Uh, I, I those, those are good, those too. Are good. Those are my yeah. favorite non-meat sausage uh, type. I don't eat a lot of sausage. So I've never really... Hungry. I haven't had a non-meat sausage in a long time, really? but that would disgust That's all we talk about is how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Soup. Superchargers. It's better be big. It's Let's better be huge. Let's feel be the power. Not the burn. The power. Let's do it. We got 
25 new superchargers. In two weeks? In two weeks. That's, That's good. good. From That's... the 2nd to the 15th, we have 25 new superchargers. And you know who wins the supercharger race? I do, because I can see the show notes. Canada! 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 We're approaching a Trans-Canada String of Pearls Highway Supercharger nice. Can Beautiful. almost go coast to Supposed coast. Supposed to be by the end of the year. So by our next show, mm -hmm. there's like another seven, I think, that are left to go. Nice. That would be sweet. The U.S., we only got six. Oh. And are they on. building, do you know what kind of supercharger? Because, like, again, the, the two superchargers around Fontana that I looked at on the map yesterday were both the Metro Charger setups at 72 kilowatt hour. So, yeah, it's true. Well, the one in Precipity, New York, was 150 kilowatt, eight, eight stalls. Are we okay. only talking U.S. now? It's no, I was Canada. asking about Canada. Canada. So Canada, let's see. We had North Bay, Ontario is a 250 kilowatt. Yeah, it was Salt St. Marie, 250 kilowatt. Mm -hmm. The Canadians are getting the uh, Let's see. Where were the other they ones? They have a lot less of them also. Blind so. River. 250 kilowatt. What, what? Baldwin, 250 kilowatt. What, what? North Bay, 250 kilowatt. We have a theme. Yeah. Nice. Canada's getting getting white white wood. Saskatchewan, 250 kilowatt. What, what? Okay, and now the U.S. Winnipeg, ones. Brandon, all 250 oh, kilowatts. Wow. Those guys Canada. But oh, New Jersey, Canada. 150. Oh, mm. come on. That's all right. Texas, 150. You know what? I'll take all we can have in Texas. North Bend, Washington. That's an update that they're open, but 250 kilowatts. Okay. Anyway, it's good news. Yeah. I'm very excited. One of my favorite places, Seaside, Oregon. You ever been there? No. Is it by the seaside? It's right at the northwest tip of Oregon, right by the bridge that goes over- uh, The River Kwai? No. Columbia River. <laughs> Columbia River, <laughs> to go up north. Anyway, it's a beautiful area. It's kind of a depressed town. Went there, saw a movie once long ago. One of these old grand theaters. Mm. I hope they've redone it by now because when I went, like you'd have to search for a seat that wasn't busted. <laughs> there were like 1,500 seats, but nice. yeah. Anyway, Seaside, Oregon, beautiful place. Any in California? Calabasas, for example? No, I was there. No. Nope, still no sign. Boxes. Uh, in the boxes. Santa Cruz? There's up in, um, where was it? Sorry, buddy. It's another year. It's going to graduate at some point. No, it won't it matter anymore. I've been watching the Santa Cruz one because my son's at UC Santa Cruz. And every year, uh, January 1st, they say, you know, it was coming 2017. Mm. Then it was coming 2018. This year, all year, coming 2019. And then didn't maybe, come. Maybe Mercedes is running the Santa Cruz Supercharger program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wish there was some sort of a way that I could communicate with the Supercharger team to get some updates so that I could answer so many of the questions that I get about Superchargers. But... And Negative. my question would be, why the f don't you make more of them? <laughs> wow. That's why it's not a family of shows. <laughs> it's not a family of shows. No, it's a family of shows, but it's not a family show. show. Oh, it's oh, different. Good. Okay, let's do media. We picks. also have 16 under construction. Oh, you go skipped on, yes. over my fun with release notes, by the way. Are you going to go back to it? No, let's do construction, 16. Okay, good. And we have two in permit, which is really not much, but one of them is in Florence, Kentucky, and you know what Kentucky is known for. Bourbon. Coal. Bluegrass. Coal. I mean, they're known for Chicken. other more awesome things. Chicken. It's true. You don't take all of Kentucky and just be like, coal. They got bourbon. Good one. Yeah. Really good college basketball. Chicken. Chicken. Kentucky fried chicken. 
Okay, good. Oh, the colonel. Very nice. You know, according yeah. to my notes here, the Scotts Valley or the Santa Cruz Supercharger is under construction. That's mm. Scotts Valley. That's not Santa Cruz. I want one in Santa Cruz. Scotts Valley is up the road. It's up the 17. And I want to go there. I want to go in Santa Cruz. Yeah, there's not going <laughs> to. There isn't one in Santa it's, Cruz. It's not Mel. It's Farouk Assault. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> like that one. <laughs> Daddy, buy me a supercharger. And you're also then going to tell me Make there's one down the road at the target, but that's kilowatts. only a 75, 72 kilowatt charger. Which is funny because, you know, when you're a 72 kilowatt charger mm-hmm. in the Model 3, it doesn't feel too slow. You get like 300 miles of range and, and it's but that's right. But for me yesterday, so I showed up at the supercharger, the, the Metro, the 72 kilowatt supercharger yeah. situation. Yeah. And I had, I was down to like just under 70 miles and I wanted to, you know, I was there. So I figured I would see, you know, I was, when I, when I plugged in, I was on full 306 like full trip uh thing and it was over an hour and a half i mean you know that's a long time well it's that's just the last bit you don't fill it all the way up so no i get it but even to take it to 80 percent at full speed i mean that was going to be 45 yeah no i'm not saying that it's as good as a v3 but i mean when you get in an s and an x it's like dang this is slow right i mean that's a picture of the scotts valley which is just near the santa cruz and there's a lot of activity there's a lot of guys in yellow vests there's a lot of cones yeah v3 is it a v3 i'll tell you in a second can't tell probably that'll be worth the drive what if it's a 72 so upsetting it's okay tom yes buddy read some release notes will you (laughs) okay (laughs) So that's what this show needs, uh, is somebody to read the release notes. <laughs> I got the 2019 40.2.1 release notes for the Model 3, and the top thing on the list, the number one thing on the list, was adjacent lane speeds. And we talked about this. Yeah, we did. And this is vi- we talked about this in one of the other network of shows, the pre-show before the show. Before the show. So this reduces your speed automatically if the traffic around you is a lot slower. So in Los Angeles, when you're on the freeways, you could actually accidentally end up in a lane going, 50 or 60 miles an hour where the lane next to you is doing 40 and it's a little zero it's a little scary to be on autopilot because you just feel like somebody in that slow lane is just going to take an opportunity at some point to move a little bit faster and move in so tesla has reprogrammed rejiggered their thought process and will automatically now slow your car down if the traffic around you is a bit slower thoughts gentlemen I, I like think it. In that situation, it's very good because it is quite dangerous uh, when that situation occurs. Mm-hmm. But I was worried about the downstream effects, like when I'm just on the freeway and it's not a big issue. And I think I'm already seeing that, that it's sometimes it's slowing mm-hmm. down when it's like, this is not the situation I think they were writing this for. Right. Just me going past a truck fast shouldn't be a reason for you to go, ah. Well, I see. That makes sense. And mm-hmm. then they, the second thing was auto wiper improvements. Yes. Which I think actually are already bare, better. And and in the release notes, the deep neural network is is what they're using mm-hmm. to have improved this. So the all this amazing supercomputing neural technology power to make the windshield wipers work better. Absolutely, it's cool. Yeah, or but, a waste of time. But you know, I mean, they weren't working well. In my opinion, the auto the Before. auto windshield wipers were not working well. I would it would you would have to turn them on. A lot of times when there was a like drizzle on your thing, because 
the way that the camera is up at the top, and I think the way that the air goes over the top of the three, I think it has a tendency for that wind flow to clean off the area right in front of the camera a little more than the lower parts of it. So you would be a little more obstructed than the camera was, which is what you're waiting for. But they took over a million photos of raindrops on glass yep. to teach the AI, they how to do it, this better. They called it back in October when we talked about it. Yeah. Deep rain. Deep rain. Not yeah. deep brain. It's deep but brain. Deep rain. Yeah. It's important network. when we move forward. And obviously you had some issues in the fog, you know, so they're they're improving it. Which mm -hmm. if you had mm -hmm. the laser beam system to burn the fog off the glass would have worked miraculously. Okay. And the next one, <laughs> and this is my favorite, is auto lane change. And they use this terminology, auto lanes change with more confidence. <laughs> and it's true. You or It them? changes. Like, so now if, you, if you're in autopilot and you hit your turn signal, it will pretty much change lanes immediately instead of waiting. It's, it's, it's much faster. But the word confidence is really what I would like to focus on. Yeah. Is confidence an emotion or a feeling? So this is a computer. No. And they use the term confidence. It's, it's an AI. It's it's a person. It's, so I looked up confidence. AI, confidence AI. is a way of being or an action associated with optimism, hope, and an expectation of being able to handle anything, any resulting outcome, either positive or negative. I'm. You could be have confidence about a negative outcome, apparently. Oh, I'm absolutely <laughs> sure this show sucks. I'm very confident. But in I, it's interesting how they, they talk about it almost like it's a person. In, in the release notes. I think that's uh, because it is a person, one, and two, that it actually <laughs> does change things much better. It used to just it like slow great. down yeah. and like, oh, I don't want to go over that. And now it's just like, yeah, okay, boom, we're there. And here's, and here's the piece of resistance that we voxed oh. over the week. Oh, a piece of resistance. Go. Auto steer stop sign warning. I love this. Yes. I can't tell you how much I love this. This is intermediate autopilot coming soon. Is it? Yes. It says, and I quote, your car may or may not, <laughs> that's, that's what it means, may warn you in some cases if it detects you are about to run a stop sign. Possibly. <laughs> in addition. Maybe. If you, it, okay, may. But not on Sundays. It, they use the word may warn you. If it de if it detects, so it might if it detects it, it might warn you. So it can detect it and not warn you, and it cannot detect it, which of course it's not going to warn you. <laughs> right, right, so it right. seems to be most of the time you're not getting a warning right. <laughs> that you're about to run a stop sign. In addition to stoplights, while auto steer is in use, this is not a substitute. So the thing that may or may not work Mostly if it not. does or does not notice may <laughs> is for sure not a substitute for an attentive driver and in all cases no matter what if it notices and it warned you it will not stop the car. Is that better than What the hell is this piece of is that What the, is this? Is that better than my release notes? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't best. I actually don't believe that that is better. This is amazing. But this I'd is rather amazingly written. Robert had the best response, which is, yes, this is beta. They're testing it. You're <laughs> the guinea pig. Just yeah. make sure that you're behind the wheel. <laughs> if you love Tester, you'll let them guinea pig it. But do not trust this thing. Because it may, uh, mostly may not. I mean, how many detect. of us have been driving with autopilot on streets, uh -huh. not the highway, where mm -hmm. it's intended to be used, mm -hmm. on the streets, just watching to see what it does? 
I mean, obviously me. being attentive, me too, you too, all of us. I didn't get and, this because I thought, sorry, go on. And when you're driving and all of a sudden a traffic light shows up, I, I would lose my shit. I'd be like, oh my God, I must have a new computer. No, I, I would be like so excited. And then if the car actually stops for a red light, well, won't like what does it do with an orange it may, light? It, it, don't, it may no, or may not. It will not do that. For sure, it, it will won't not stop. do that. No, it, it, won't stop. Stop. it is going to do that. It will it? Yes. Okay. And think about it. This is not an easy task, right? Like in countries where the, mm -hmm. the lights are horizontal and not vertical. Oh. The three How dare they? lights and not every place, not every place has those lights. Like out where I work in the Oxnard, there are these like roads that were once farm roads. They've now turned into like high traffic roads. Mm -hmm. They have like a left turn lane with an orange left turn signal. That's the yield. It comes signal, on like the street light, like the, the, the red, yellow and green lights that are normally what we use and the green arrows and stuff. Mm -hmm. This one light has a yellow arrow. Like, okay, what? I, I don't know many people who you drop them there who've never seen this would be like, what the hell is this? That's the yield arrow. What does it matter? And I didn't realize. Of course you're going to yield. <laughs> Maybe. God. I didn't realize. I'm like, I'm booking through stop signs at full speed to see if it'll see them or anything. Yeah, it you, you it. mentioned this in Vulture, nice. and it was actually frightening. Um, and then I realized, oh, you actually have to be an autopilot for this to work. <laughs> so I was doing all this testing. It's like, this doesn't work. <laughs> i got to put in an autopilot and book through some and then, red lights and kill some So have you? Have you? No, have you done it in autopilot? No, I haven't. No? I haven't done it. Fascinating. You want to know, you want to talk about two years of Model 3 ownership? Well, I was just going to say that we were supposed to see fully functional autopilot by the end of the year. We, we were also supposed to see New York yeah. to California. Yeah. Where'd that go? What Maybe, year was that? Maybe uh, it, that was two years ago. Maybe they needed you to buy even more full self-driving computers, <laughs> I need Mel. to spend more. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be feature complete. Feature complete. Mm -hmm. By the end of the year. Which yes. year? This year. <laughs> A year. Oh, this year. And so I think there might be some beta testers that might get a software update theoretically mm -hmm. by the end of the year that is theoretically feature complete. If it worked, <laughs> if, if this feature to stop at stop signs worked, if this feature to not run over puppies worked, if they can put it all in there, it could not work. And they say, like, it's feature complete if it worked. <laughs> <laughs> We've decided what we want it to do. Yeah. We just haven't figured out how to get it to do it. Right. It's feature complete. All the features are there. None of them work, but they're there. So, so we can say for they're sure. They're completely there. So in your opinion, Robert, let's talk specifically about this auto steer stop sign warning situation. So, A, you're now driving along in the streets, obviously, with your autopilot on. Yes. Right? Yes. And you think <laughs> this is a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> that they're doing this like couldn't they couldn't they just like have the car do this on its own without you being an autopilot and not send this release note they need out? you to grab the steering wheel and twist it or jam on the brakes because it's not doing its job and that will but it's not doing its job it, it, there's no job for it to do well let's it say it will not stop the car let's say you're like mel or i and you're like okay i'm going to test this thing and see what uh -huh. it does and you've got your foot on the near the brake mm -hmm. and you've got your hands on the wheel uh -huh. and you're coming up to the stop sign 
on said private, I mean, like uh, um, any road, residential street, mm-hmm. which Tesla hasn't, I mean, Google hasn't done extensive mapping of. Or and you whomever. don't notice that there's a stop sign. It just gives you a warning. So that's good. Well, but like you're wanting to see, will the car do its thing? And if it doesn't and you stop, then it says, oh, hmm, there's a stop incident. Was there a stop sign on the camera? No, but that's not an option right now. Like it's not trying to stop. It's only that. warning you to stop. So that I think that the, I think that's the part maybe that I'm missing until just now, right? So okay. let's say I'm driving through a residential neighborhood and I'm sort of a little bit absent-minded, but I happen to be in autopilot. It will be like beep 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 beep, and those beep 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 warnings in the Tesla have actually saved me uh, several times from hitting a car when I wasn't in autopilot. So I think that's a, bu- a benefit, but there is no possibility right now for it to see a stop sign in any way, shape, or form and stop you from running it or a stoplight and stop you from running it. It will not do that at the moment. Right. But it, but it's learning that it, it can warn you of a stop sign. And if you then slam on the brakes, I guess that's affirmation that that was indeed a stop sign or a stoplight. And it could send that information. They can send the picture in and somebody can circle it and go, yes, that's what a stop sign looks like. I agree. Yes. So cool. I don't know if you so knew learning. this, Tom, but uh, you've been beta testing all forms of autonomy <laughs> since you bought the car. This is just more beta testing. Okay? Yeah, no, I've been beta testing it, and you've been beta paying for it. I've been beta paying for it. <laughs> and now let's do media picks, because the big show, the large show, the grand show is supposed to be a long show, and the uh-huh. medium-sized show is supposed to be a bit more in-depth into yeah, some yeah. topics. But but not as long. Um, we're nearly two hours in. You didn't say it was supposed to be shorter. I you did just not. Said You're right. I did not. Depth. And uh, it was in-depth. And Did you like it so far? No. So far, I give myself a C minus on the new show. What about the rest of us? You guys are great. Two hours, and we only talked about two things. Wow. So let's do a media pick. And my media pick is great. It's going to make up for the rest of the wasted time that people have gone through <laughs> with. And it's called In, In Defense of Elitism by Joel Stein. It is hysterical. It's about, you know, the divide between people who are educated and people who are less educated about how the country's divided. But it's hysterical. Hysterical. Is it? Is is Joel Stein an elitist? Yes. Uh, an elitist. Are you an elitist? Yes. Robert. Ah, uh, most of the time. Yeah. And uh, let me just read the subsection, and it says, "In defense of elitism, why I'm better than you, and you're better than somebody that didn't buy this book." <laughs> <laughs> That's the style that it's written. I do love me some Joel Stein. It's good. Robert. Uh, I went and saw a movie that's only been out for a couple of weeks, and I was floored by it. Queen and Slim. Everybody's like, uh, if you look at the reviews, they say, oh, it's a Bonnie and Clyde movie. It is so much better. I don't know if you've read about Bonnie and Clyde, but they were not particularly wholesome folk. They were bank robbers. They were bank, more they were robbers of like small mom and pop stores. They're just bad bad people. They were just nasty. I don't typically put any sort of criminals up on a pedestal. Well, they were on a pedestal because the way the media spun it, this was just after the Great Depression or during the Great Depression, and people's houses were being taken away left and right by the banks. So anybody who fights back at the banks. And so in this, Queen and Slim are two characters. They actually, they have a, they're on their first date. Oh. They've just met first time in kind of a mediocre swipe coffee left shop. kind of a situation? Well, I, mean, I guess they both swiped right. Swiped right. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't I think use right is affirmative, left apps, is so not. I don't, I don't know how it works. Yeah. And so 
they met and they have this kind of like a, a, a non forward their their relationship will not be moving forward based on their date. Okay. And they get in the car and he's driving her home and then the hits the fan. Spoiler alert. That's when the story is becomes amazing. It's tension. Ooh. There's all kinds of feeling. It brings up multiple, multiple layers of like societal uh, struggle, and it's just a wonderful movie. It's a hard movie. I, I, I had I sat and talked with it with my son about it for like three hours afterwards, and we were quite preoccupied about it. And it brought up a lot of feelings and a lot of thoughts. And if a movie can do that, they can have my seventeen fifty. Nice, Tom. Yeah. Maybe pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so I have a friend, Amy Brenneman. You may have heard of oh, her. Oh, yeah. She's an famous. actress. She's very famous. You, you know Amy. I know You know Amy, Amy as oh, well. Oh, we're best buddies. She started a new podcast. Oh. <gasps> and it's called The Challengers. And she interviews friends of hers who have gone through significant challenges in their lives. And I think she does a very good job. It's kind of a newer podcast. I think it's only a handful of episodes at the moment. And I just wanted to put a shout out to it because I've listened to several of them and they're just it's, there's a humanity that that she weaves through them that is 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 very good. She was going to uh, interview me about the fact that um, my uh, model three only has three hundred and ten miles range. Yeah, you probably don't want to make it's that a challenge joke as it pertains to this particular podcast. Saying, <laughs> I've got my challenges. So she interviewed uh, a f- another friend of ours, Cynthia Griffiths, yeah. and another uh, chime mom, Don Hamilton, both who have. Uh, wonderful children with different, uh, with like cerebral palsy and other actual challenges, actual challenges to their lives that they have overcome. And no, that it's really just was a bad joke. Really, really quite spectacular. And she interviews um, Brad Silberg. I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. Silberg, and he's a movie director. And he, and you'll probably remember this. You remember Rebecca Schaefer? Yes. The she was on the show with Pam Dauber, and she was one, basically the first celebrity kind of stalked and murdered. Mm-hmm. Brad was dating her at the time, mm-hmm. and so she interviews him about how he went through that. It's not really. It's not like it's not a buzzkill type show. She does a really good job of getting to She's it, and so and people overcoming these challenges in their lives and actually rising beyond above and beyond the occasion. So shout out to Amy, shout out to the challengers with Amy Brenneman. I enjoyed it very much. It's a, it's it's not a big Netflix thing. It's just a very tiny thing being done that shows us what humans are capable of. Good on you, Tom. Are we capable of overcoming the climate crisis? Are we capable of doing an under two hour show? No, No, we are are not. not. (laughs) We are not. We are capable of overcoming the climate crisis. And it's going to take something from each and every one of us. Every one of us. And probably it's going to require that you become a patron of the show. In order for the show to continue. Me personally? Not you personally, but everybody out there. Because this show is really great sometimes. Not today. Today's show, I'm giving it a B. Here's here's a couple bucks for you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. And I want to shout out to all those people, the hundreds of people that have used my reference, my uh, referral code. Hundreds? Hundreds of people that have used my referral code. I'm the referral guy this month, and it's Mel9983, and I have, I think it's 300 referrals. Let me just check here. Oh, that would be sweet. Uh, that would be a four. Then I'd get Thanks, close Ken, to a road stop. All Trevor, new Cody. this week? <laughs> Ever. Or total. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the hell? That's great. Four. Four. Thank you. We should have probably combined them, and we would have still not gotten a, uh, a roadster. We would have just fought over it. 
We could have shared it. Could have. Why not? And let's do letters. There's a letter here. I had a referral. Did you? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, Ben. That's Much appreciated. Really appreciate it. Boy, Tom, appreciative of that. He's all up there in the appreciations. He is my seventh referral in this particular well, go around. Well, you got more than me. Well, this, like, since 5-18-2019, even though you guys have put me in the crappy spot in the referral program situation, seven? Ben will be my seventh. I have three still, but is they're all delivered. What is going on here? You want to know why? Why? Because if you listen to this show, I'm the one people want to talk to. <laughs> It's upsetting. All you guys do is complain about supercharging and, well, not you so much, Robert, but Mel. Captain Model 3 says this, <laughs> I have seen the future and it is light pole charging. Oh, I don't even Shabam. want to talk to you about that. The light pole charging in this city is broken. There are two light pole chargers on Coanga. They are both run by green lots. I have parked in them every week. For the last, or at least at the same one every week for the last month on Sunday, the thing does not work, will not work. I cannot get it to work. Please, someone help me. Hmm. There's multiple ways to do it. You can put a card in it and try to get it to work. Doesn't work that way. You can use the Green Lots app. You can stand in the, the scan the QR code. Doesn't work that way. You can put in the mobile access point number. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? I've seen the future. And it's charging at home. <laughs> <laughs> so what does he say about light pole charging? He just had a picture of its uh, charge point, and uh, it's from electric, and uh, they're adding more of them so renters can uh, charge. I've seen a couple of light pole chargers near my house. There's lots of apartments near my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go out there, and there's people light pole charging. Yeah, I've it's, seen them might work. might not be working, but they're plugged in. I've seen them work. And so the one that, that right there is run by charge point, for whatever reason, the green lots ones are not working very properly. I spent the other one on Coinga. I literally spent 45 minutes one Sunday trying to make it work. And I finally, finally, finally was able to make it work. But that one is almost always filled on Sunday morning by the time I get there with a car that is not charging in it or is not chargeable. It's a, we would call that an ice car, I believe. I've seen the future. And, and it it's is, charging at home. And it is ice cars in EV spots. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like pickup trucks with the plug inside. Ladies and gentlemen, boys yeah. and girls, my name's Mel Herbert. I'd like to um, ask you to forgive me for <laughs> this trial of a new show. It's no shorter. It's less interesting. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah. I thought it was actually very interesting. I'll send out a poll. I enjoyed your thing very much. Well, I, I'm feeling very insecure. I feel like I've just screwed everything and that we're never going to recover from this, ever. Ever? I'm so upset. I just don't know what I was thinking. It's a, it's a free show, buddy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get the time back that people wasted thinking that maybe it was a good show. How could they have wasted time? You, I mean, I don't want to go over it again, but you gave us an idea of the battery roadmap without a timeline. I mean, that is amazing. And also, complete speculation about how much solar it would take to charge the entire planet and how we could do that. And, and it's I so doable. talked about idiot Ford dealers. I mean, this has been just chock full of solid information. And during the show, my friend Ken Milne, friend of the show up mm-hmm. in the Canadias, mm-hmm. so keeps sending me this stuff like the Congress is actually looking at extending the EV tax credits. Our Congress? Our Congress. <laughs> yeah, no, that's extending not Extending it happen. to, and listen to this, this is very interesting. Uh-huh. There are Considering extending it to six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred vehicles per manufacturer, six hundred thousand vehicles. And I was just thinking that sounds great until you realize that Tesla probably will blow through that in less than a year. Well, the real right. question is, would they make it retroactive? So all those people who are about to get eighteen hundred, would they get the full? 
Yeah, I believe it does amount. go retro. I mean, the last version of the bill that I read said, yes, it would be retroactive, but it wouldn't be as much as it has been. So it's not like 7,500. It's only like 6,000. Mm -hmm. But all still, it helps. It's good. I bought another EV last week. What? I did. A remote control drone. No, I bought a Volt. Really? Secondhand Volt. To replace Volt. the Volt that got exploded. That's right. I didn't go out and buy another ice car. I, it's a partial ice car, but it we've, like, again, 98% of that car, even that car, 98% of the time, only on electrical. That's exciting. Beautiful, beautiful white. Is it going up to the uh No. Stain Leather there? interior. Mm, How it's much? It's wonderful. Uh, the price was just under $12,000, so plus tax. Very cheap. Yeah, I mean, they're not all... That's the cheapest one that was in Los Angeles. Most of them... Or the most inexpensive one that was in Los Angeles. And it only had like two owners, 60,000 miles. One right. was like a commute. The first person was like a leaser and did like 10,000 miles a year. And then the second person did about 15. So it's an older one, but it's an upgrade from the one we had. It's got the navigation. It's got the rear camera. We paid mm -hmm. 12. So out the door, basically, the it was a wash from the check I got from the insurance company, which was phenomenal. That That's is, pretty sweet. That is good. You know, uh I was looking at those and I was looking at the Leaf. You can get a Leaf for like, they'll basically hand it to you. You take it away, like three thousand dollars No, those have some, those have some range challenges depending uh, 30 on. 30 miles is what they were saying. They're going to get on this. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's, my well, buddy that's is, the My buddy's driving one and he goes from Glendale to El Segundo and he's been driving that thing for over 100,000 miles. And it has been very, very challenging lately to make sure that he can get back Right. Home. Yeah. If he gets like... detoured at all, he's showed up at home. Well, they, a lot of it is because they changed the, the charging at work. They added, so ChargePoint, so he works at Mattel Toys. ChargePoint took over the charging thing. Mm -hmm. It used to be much easier to deal with. And now he's only allowed like three hours right. a day we if he can that. get on it. Right. And it's a different system entirely good on charge point for doing this for companies, making it simple and taking that away from them because right. it used to be a spreadsheet. But it's a little bit more challenging sometimes. He's he's come home with like six out six miles yeah. on his battery. If Plus he got, his battery's probably getting older and older. Right, yeah. Good thing he lives in a Plus temperate climate like Southern California. Right. Plus it's cold. But this is also the time of the year where it's a little colder in the mornings as well. So no Anyways, should we just watt, keep going? No 500 watt hours no, per kilogram battery there. End this show. The show is over. <laughs> I mean, psychologically. It ended like 15 minutes ago. It's over. And we're still talking. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and it's girls. It's been great. My name is Paul it's a it's a network of shows. shows. We, <laughs> we love the show. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, forgive me. I'm just I'm sorry. See you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Didn't even get to talk about the cost of ownership. Let's see, I only had two things. Stop it! <laughs>